Welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef podcast from the creators of Read It and Weep, a post-show, post-brunch, roundtable discussion, formerly the only podcast about Top Chef. We are in an abbreviated panel today. Uh, Ez and Sarah and Caleb are still on leave, on uh, uh, parent and family leave. I don't know if Caleb's on leave from anything. He didn't seem like he was working very hard. He's on <laughs> sibling sibling training camp. Yeah, yeah. that's 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 big job. It's that is a huge job. Leave. He's working harder than he probably ever has to try to win back the attention of his parents but they are all busy <laughs> with baby maya uh also sarah and kyle and woody are at a birthday party so they're all wearing hats there's a lot of kazoos I bet Woody's just, just in my like mind <laughs> no he certainly doesn't but he's uh, just dealing it also doesn't like hats megan is with her mom right now so holding down the fort on the biggest episode of the season is our small, smallest panel yet. I'm Alex. I'm in Portland, and I'm joined by Chris and Tanya in Brooklyn. Hey, guys. Yeah, small but mighty. Small but mighty. Also, that means that we're all going to get to talk about Restaurant Wars so much. Yeah. I, I did get all of Megan's opinions down before I got here so I can make sure I represent the family. But uh, Yes. Sweet. So much Restaurant Wars to talk about. Uh, we Whew. lost the quick fire today, but we've won the war. Don't need it. Yeah. yeah. So the, uh, the greatest challenge of every season of Top Chef here at last because we're down to eight chefs so the changes it's chipping ingredients out of ice blocks right that's the one (laughs) yeah and then you're in a gondola trying to make scallops yeah every year it's the best uh i would say the shooting one was pretty hard well man the definitely ice blocks is bad Mm. um yeah yeah what's the what's what are the physical challenges they've had to do i mean the whole night out no one stayed up all night for this this seemed like a well-rested restaurant wars Yes. You yes. They like, had more prep time. Uh, yeah, ooh, this was a two-day prep time. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, two days noise. of prep. Um, yeah. So, so here's the change in the format this year: two days to prepare. Uh, the the design element is back. So you get ten minutes with Denver-based design firm Craftsy, who paid enough to get a thirty-second compliment from every person on the show. It was, yes. They they got their money's worth of this ad. Um, yeah. Craftsy like a fox. Yeah, get yeah, craft. Yeah, I get it. Uh, and then uh, you, this time you also have to prepare, prepare a three-course meal with three options per course. That's nine courses. It is nine courses, which they helpfully did the math nine for. Nine meals. Yeah. I believe they did, and it was 100 covers. I believe they did three courses of two options in previous seasons, so it's three whole extra options. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, It's and it's a lot. And I, it's, yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, they went from six to nine dishes. And and if you add more total covers, uh, I think that's probably adding less. I haven't worked in restaurants. So I don't know this for sure, but I'm guessing that would add less difficulty if you increase the volume than adding a whole other option because you just have more coordinating to do and more different prep. And uh, oh, definitely agreed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, really interesting setup this time around. Beautiful looking uh, brick space with lots of free TVs in Denver. Uh, knife block for captains, and then knife block. And then they picked the team's schoolyard bully style while still holding their knives. So Yeah, that was a choice. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I always think it's like it's such a reality TV thing to like stir the pot or let's get political. Yeah. Um did you wait not like Tanya, did you love the knife part or the bully bully part? 
Oh no, I always think I just thought the knife part was funny. <laughs> it just like added like a strange place. element of like like they just sort of looked like those are in my mind's eye now, like thinking back on it, they're like those pigs that stand outside of butcher places where they're like dressed like oh, a butcher yeah. and yeah. you're like, But you're the pig, but you're the butcher. <laughs> Who's team yeah, what's, one pig? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, and just like that, these chefs were the team captains, but didn't make themselves executive chefs. Yeah, everybody in charge ducked out of the way. Like, no one wanted to raise their head for fear of it getting chopped off. For But also, it's not a rule. It's not a rule. It's never been a rule. Like, just because you drew the knife out of the thing doesn't mean that you have to be king. This isn't, you know... I mean, it's medieval sword England. Sword in the stone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does feel like sword in the stone rules would mean that, but in this case, it doesn't. I, I mean... I guess one thing that I want, I don't know what the description of it was to them because there was some, dis- there was some fighting about, well, you were the captain and thus blah, blah, blah. But there was, that was never written down that I saw. There was no way that they, it could no. just be like you're in charge of pick- picking teams and the team is on their own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no rules. This is Top no. Chef. Woo. It's yeah. not a show with a lot of rules. <laughs> it's not a show one. with a lot of rules that we have to pay attention yeah, to. Yeah, better explained on screen. We know that they get briefed. Yeah. This isn't uh, Jeopardy? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so what do you guys think of the... So what do you think of the longer... What? Well, actually, first, what do you think of the design element? Because uh, I was happy to see it back. Megan was concerned. I was initially concerned. Loved that it was a tight, like, few seconds of conversation between two ladies who looked like they had definitely owned flower shops before and (laughs) then and then was mostly just like somebody like you know carries a a moose head and then maybe like (laughs) points at a fern wall and we mostly don't have to deal with you know colorado like nobody had to do the like reality show phone call from the like plate warehouse where they're like i don't understand oh i love the restaurant get the shrimp oh they got the wrong shrimp because my phone and like i just didn't i never ever need any of that and i was so happy it didn't happen oh why do you like them yelling into phones while pushing giant ikea carts of well, garbage. It makes me feel like what <laughs> like they're what? trying to accomplish is something difficult and requires know, a lot of coordination. It's something that no one who's ever put together a restaurant has done where they're like, well, I have to make my shrimp order while picking out giant like plates and like chef pans. True, true, true. true. And like that's on, not how it works. On speakerphone in the restaurant wi- or in the store, which would make you the worst customer in the world, but because sure. it's yes. sponsored by Android and we need to hear both parties. It's necessary. And you're, yeah, and you're being followed around by a camera crew. So <laughs> that also kind of softens the blow on your weird, obnoxious phone call habits. Yeah, they did yeah. all their shopping at, to- at uh, Whole Foods, um, which led to uh, uh, asking the cashier, was this the biggest order you've ever rung up? And her not I caring at all. No, she was like, probably. probably. But like, I was she like, was like, oh, excited. okay. I would be so excited about that. I This is the dorkiest thing, but in a previous episode when um, I think, was it Adrian was leaving the meat counter? But she was like, hey, nice to see you again. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, they're going in there like every other day and ordering all kinds of nutballs stuff. Yeah, of course, true. they like are like meeting the butchers and like recognizing the people that are on shift like that's a relationship. I want 42 <laughs> yeah. chicken thighs. I want the skin off, but I want the skin to be in a pillowcase. I also want the thighs to be arrayed <laughs> as if it was one giant chicken with a lot of legs. Yeah. yeah they do some weird- oh. who, was, who was that? Was that Joe? That was Joe Sasto. Um, oh, yeah. Cause he was ma- oh, because he was making chicken purse. The term that oh, I love. The, oh, the worst in. purse of all. Yep. That purse was a real nightmare. Um, like an off-brand Michael Kors patent leather disaster. <laughs> Uh, but so 
I I guess I I like the design meeting. I do like them not picking out candles because I feel like that was just a it was just like a free here's a here's yeah. a lot of rope in the shape of a noose. You do what you want to yourself with it. Um, yeah. And but I do miss the buying strip at Restaurant Depot. If for nothing else, I just like seeing them shop at a giant restaurant i just like seeing them pick up a pallet of shrimp instead of i agree for a small bag i don't know i just like the bigness of it but yeah the design thing uh to get back to the question i i think that it's good i think it's good that they you know are able to work with a designer and make the restaurant look like the thing they want it to be um some like the conifer team Mm -hmm. killed it and the commonplace team chose all high top tables, which Tom really weird. hated. Yeah, I think yeah. that's so a weird much. choice. If you're short, your legs dangle, and if you're big, they're bent over at a weird angle. Everybody's thighs fall asleep. It's yep. a terrible way to eat. Yeah, or you're just like not sure where, like which rung to put your feet on. I just yep. have, I rarely sit on a tall chair where the rung is in the right place. Yeah. So I'm either like folding my legs up or like, dude, I'm brushing the ground and being like, oh, this is terrible. Like, all the idea. blood is rushing to my feet. Yeah. Ugh, High top terrible. table adjustable leg bar. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. Million dollar okay. idea. For, I feel like, yeah, yeah you'd have to. Restaurant Depot. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay another idea high top tables everybody's in barber chairs oh, <laughs> oh no but your legs are extending so far but and high top what... tables are so narrow <laughs> you're just touching feet with everyone with your weird lay back it's time for the sauce <laughs> oh my gosh yeah they like just it. like they basically wheel you up to the table and, like... i'm into it they <laughs> I, I I feel like their design of the restaurant itself was like I don't for, like that's a weird decision, but generally it felt like their impact was pretty minimal. One of them wanted yes. a living wall, which turned out to be like one foot by one foot of plant stapled to a clearly movable piece of wood. Yeah, that was like a fern box <laughs> yeah, that just like came fern box. Yeah, but I just I guess the thing that I I wish I this is this is my my only gripe about the design element and the good folks at Craftsy love you guys I guess are you giving us forty thousand um, dollars? But the thing that I wondered was how um how intensive their involvement was like it felt like they had this one meeting and then these ladies went away and were like you know they knocked together like a logo and a bunch of other elements and then the judges gave a ton of credit to the groups like wow this logo is so well thought out and it's so beautiful and good like, job chef and best menu like, uh, we've ever yeah. seen and i was like well did the chefs choose a font or did they say oh yeah. gold leaf or did they say literally anything other than it's called conifer and it's about colorado but also other stuff but also trees are in every ingredient i Wait. feel like <laughs> i feel like the logos also looked like maybe they were just ready to go and waiting for a name and a color scheme because it was they were some generic sure. looking logos sure yeah it was the kind of logo you would see on any kind of like fresh like square spacey kind of yeah yeah square spacey, yeah exactly right they i and i like that that they had to do that meeting but it was like it seems like that's what you get for a 10 minute meeting that's how yep. much detail you're gonna have out of it yeah. which is fine because we're talking about two days of food prep and then service of right. opening up a restaurant there is way more than graphic design you know it's important here we got to learn a very important thing which is that greenery is the color of the year yeah what the hell was that (laughs) well that was confusing because greenery was the color of the year last year but we have a new color of the year for 2018 oh yeah right right yeah filmed in 2017 what year is it also greenery not really a color it's more of a group of colors 
or yep. like a descriptor of thing. I don't know. Green. Well, but the Pantone shade greenery is very oh, specifically like that's a, a Pantone yeah. name. Okay, it's a Pantone. It. Yeah, Pantone does the colors of the year every year. That's their. I mean, color of the year. They're they're the they're the ones who are always coming up with that. that. It was just really just trying to show my ignorance aggressively. <laughs> uh, it is ultraviolet. Yeah, 2018's shade is is purple. Wait, but is it it's is, called it ultraviolet? Super, even it's called like, ultraviolet. So, so like the year's color is not visible to the human eye. <laughs> or like it's re- or it's really really violet. It's really uh, really uh, really violet. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's not the other color called ultraviolet that your no. like remote control uses to talk to your TV. Oh nope nope they didn't get that technical with it. It is okay. a purpley purple color. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned for 2019 infrared. Well, so you, that's what what I was thinking of. Um, I, uh, let's see. So that's the design part. It's time to get into the cooking. You, Chris, I think said something um, just now about conifer. Let's talk about the restaurant uh, concept. So the two concepts come down to, well, first, uh, Carrie. Who who were on the teams? Yeah. yeah, Carrie drew a knife and Butterfunk drew the other knife. Carrie picked uh, Uncle Bruce, um, uh, Big Joe, Southside Joe, and uh, Adrian. And then uh, that pretty was strong team Conifer, and mm-hmm. uh, Butterfunk uh, chose Claudette, uh, Fatima, and mm-hmm. uh, and Mustache Joe. Also, to be mm-hmm. fair, Claudette was chosen last overall. That is true. Yes, right. Uh, Chris cho- <laughs> Butterfunk chose Fatima, uh, Mustache Joe, and then by the way, numbers work got Claudette. Yep. Yep. That Claudette walked over to Butterfunk because she had to. Yeah. And then he wisely made his last choice to be executive chef. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, so this man, is where things it get. It gets really weird because of the. I guess I'm curious. Is this a is this a like weird precedent that they've set by getting chosen as the team leader, whichever way that happened, and then not taking on the EC role? Because I don't know that both teams have ever like abduct or yeah, what, what that, you, abdicated that, that's their happened maybe a few role. times previously ever in my memory anybody mostly it's, normally it's like for everybody wants to be exec chef because they're chefs that's, in their real life that's where the glory is yeah this is what you do yeah this is they what you also want. are very confident i would say that's the thing is like we maybe have a year lot does of confidence but no i think a, we have a lot of confident chefs like claudette if anything has like more confidence Mostly. i think than she is, is just wise wah, lip gloss. she is a yeah. big pile of oh. confidence yeah did you say she has lip gloss no I, I was trying to say but yes i was gonna say she's just a pile of confidence with a blue lip shade oh yeah i was gonna say because that is she's deep into some matte lipsticks You're the, right. none I, of no lip gloss for claudette see this is like the pantone colors it was just a that was a joke made out of not knowing the words for things. <laughs> and I was like, this is all I know. Let me have this. <laughs> she was wearing a very uh, a muted lip shade this week, which I thought looked great. But I don't know. Yeah, she she doesn't need to go like blue black with her lip color, but she seems to like to. Yeah. So uh, questions. Uh, so. So. OK. Both people. Who are- <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to wrap my head around all this. There's just so many things I want to talk about. And I'm trying to do it in like an orderly fashion. And I'm, I'm okay. Like yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the teams. Uh, yeah. Carrie's, te- Carrie's team chose the name Conifer. They wanted to go with something that was very Colorado focused and very like locally and, and sourced ingredients. Focused. Is a tree and a group of trees. Yep. 
Boom. I thought that was kind of I. So this is the thing is when they were brainstorming their names, I was feeling everyone like I thought yeah. Conover sounded great. The logic behind it sounded really nice. And then they got to commonplace and they were like, we have to find like a thread through all of the different dishes we're going to prepare. And like everyone's coming from different places. But this is our commonplace that we all come to to like prepare a great dinner. And I was like, yes, yeah. yes, this sounds so nice. I'm so in. Yeah. And then it if all only they had bothered to find a common place yeah. between <laughs> their dishes. a little bit to do that would have been really and interesting I, yeah yeah that's so true oh and something we should also add is that the um because they stepped up the number of elements that every restaurant wars team had to prepare they brought in some yeah, okay, help yes, yes, yes. in the yeah. form of eliminated people this yeah the, i believe the earliest in the season we've ever gotten eliminated sous chefs but we uh yeah we brought back the other bear to yeah. fill out the bear Tyler. team. Uh, yeah, CPAP yeah. Tyler was back. Good for everybody. Um, yeah, Aw, I love that guy. Yeah, I miss him. And then... Uh, brother. Uh, oh, and the brother. Yeah. And then uh, brother oh, yeah, Luck. but they also did the thing where they brought in everybody and each team got to choose who that who that person was. <laughs> so much so. I will say, bullying. But at the same time, when all the non-chosen folks left, I really liked when Padma was like, bye guys, miss you. Yes. And I was like, oh, do you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think she does. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was really very good. sweet. Oh, yeah. I liked that a yeah, lot. So Brother Luck's Traveling Salvation Show also came back, uh, much to <laughs> Megan's chagrin. Um, He's, you guys are so right. We hadn't watched the, the LCKs on our last episode. Uh-huh. With him and him. With yeah. him and, oh, my gosh. It's like he it's like he got initiated into a fraternity and, like, did time <laughs> yes. between, like... He is like, off-putting. He just, yeah. yeah. Oh, Maybe it's that's so why they're bad. staying instead of in a hotel while they're waiting for the finals. If you go, if you're yeah. in the last kitchen, you have to go hang out in a Col- U- uh, University of Colorado frat house, and like you just have to go make quesadillas and pound beers for like days. I don't understand. You At the same time, okay, no, very fast. yeah, and that's not to say that there aren't great people out in every Greek system, and that I don't know people that have been lovely and are also right. greek and it's and fine it's fine there are a lot of great i'm just saying that. that there are some some real brosifs out there and He's so brosif- turns out brother luck really <sighs> revealed that about himself these it's, days it's a little exhausting yeah it's um, a lot exhausting so i like the, the i mean i always love sue's coming back although it seemed like their roles were pretty limited we didn't see a lot of them they weren't in the planning um, yeah, not involved in planning or shopping. Really, right. just did kind of sous chef type tasks. Yeah. Like, hey, you want to caramelize some white chocolate? You need yeah. to peel some stuff. That you great need whatever. scene where uh, where Bro uh, was like, uh, I don't know why I'm doing this. Doesn't make any sense to me. I'm told to do it, so I'm caramelizing white chocolate. And it was like, yeah, yeah. that's what you're here Oof. for. Yeah, <laughs> that was intense. Well, just I mean, and at the same time, like. It, you know, he was never going to get called on the carpet for for that and his like sort of misgivings. But I also feel like, is there a world is there a world in which we would have appreciated someone kind of like taking somebody aside and being like, "What are you guys doing? <laughs> like, do you think that's something that should have happened?" I oh, good question, Chris. What do you think about that? Let me try to formulate an opinion. Wait, I'm sorry, I didn't understand the question. The question to me is: You have these people that are there in a purely ancillary capacity. They yeah. are just there to chop and caramelize white chocolate. Which, like, who's doing that? Yeah. But also, like, but just should those people have considered saying something when they felt like things were really going As off? Brother the rails? hands over the white no. chocolate. Could have been like, hey, by the way, I've tasted this. Just, are you sure you? 
You know what you're doing? Hey, maybe don't. Yeah. yeah I, I think that they hey, were... Hey, guys, this tastes like candles yeah. that, are, that are wrong. This tastes like wrong candles. No, I, I think that either the show was very specific in the off-camera rules about sure. what they could and couldn't do, or uh, just they were like kind of apart in their own space and they were, you know, they were just told, OK, you're going to get some tasks. Yeah. But part of the fun of being a sous chef when you've been exec for a while is not having responsibility, I would guess. So they were like, I'm just here to like goof around, do a good job of what I'm asked to do. But like, I am not stressing about winning or losing today. And that's my yep. one lucky yep. thing. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Do we think, I mean, so uh, I guess, you know, spoiler alert, Commonplace did not make it happen. It got real bad real fast. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, so on your your thing that you said a second ago, Tanya, where you were just feeling both of them, I... I, I might be the only one because a lot of our comments coming in uh, feel like commonplace seemed like a terrible no idea from the beginning. But I feel like they're, at least during their discussions, commonplace, if they had figured out what it was, even if it was just like, we all like carrots or something, mm-hmm. uh, or yeah. we're all going to plate on plates and that'll make us unique now or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, if they had or just we all start all with simple gonna... ingredients and we elevate them or, yes. you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, whatever. if every one of us is taking, yeah, like a, a peasant food type simple dish and making it fancy. That would be super interesting because then it would yes. be a like double play on commonplace where it's like a commonplace dish uh, and the yeah. Oh my gosh. Together. Yeah. Ugh. Guys, That's such a guys, good point. we are so, we could win restaurant wars. All we need is another 20 <laughs> years each to- of chefing okay. experience <laughs> and yes. we've got this. We yeah. just all yeah. have to go to our respective culinary institutes <laughs> and work real hard. But also this actually makes me feel a little crazy because commonplace had they just taken the structure of any other Top Chef challenge yes, and applied exactly. it to their menu yes. planning could have banged it out so much better. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Our commonplace is I, New Orleans based hot sauce. Just go. <laughs> do do whatever. <laughs> whatever that means to you. Yeah. Or if their thing was they like spicy food, just like literally one thing in common would have been great. <laughs> but the other thing oh wait, or if every dish was named after a song by the rapper Common. Just Sure. Oh, sure. Why would Whatever. you let that happen? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's not it, that it's like, oh, this is just Common's house. You know, that's what the name of. Anyway, but I thought Conifer, <laughs> the, the concept of Conifer makes no sense to me. It's a it's a decent looking, like, it's a nice looking word. Um, it's got a good logo. logo is fine. Um, yeah. But their theme was it's Colorado in the Mediterranean, and that's a weird concept. I don't that doesn't yeah. sound coherent to me except they all made yeah. good food. They yeah. all, they all made good food <laughs> and ultimately that's really the Turns only thing that mattered. Well, and, and service went pretty well and Bruce can run the heck out of a exec chef role that you know. It, that turned out to be. Well, and so okay, there were oh, so many things. Now I, I feel like I you Alex. Yeah. But yeah. so what I what I would say with Conifer that seemed to also work and maybe it's not that you could say like, "Oh, they all used broccoli rob or like, you know, yeah. whatever." Like, but the thing that they did have going for them is that everything rolled into everything else in a way that felt cohesive. Yeah. So even if it wasn't like, "Oh, obviously this is all the same kind of food." Like there was no like there was nothing disjointed happening from one dish to the next, yeah, which is say they really... really found a common place. <laughs> well, and in the other meaning of commonplace, Tom basically said this looks like a good popular restaurant's menu right now. Like this is what you would do if you're trying to have a restaurant that people wanted to come in and eat. And I thought and that's come a, back to yeah, that's a strong compliment. It's just it was good, but it was like 
this is the obligatory kale salad, but then they had mm-hmm. raisin beets. And so that was pretty rad. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and also it was like perfectly seasoned, which yes. having just recently consumed a lackluster kale salad, I can tell you is not easy to do. I mean, it's, and uh, yeah, so that's what I think they did is they, uh, this is what it seems like to me is that conifer aimed low and hit their target and commonplace swung for the fences and missed every pitch. And yeah, because uh, mm. not not for their cohesion, not for the 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 concept, but each of those dishes was bonkers. Everything that did, that mm-hmm. commonplace brought out. I mean, they they were doing cutting edge techniques. They had all the they had the foams. Uh, they had the like thing that was served in the bone, um, uh, which freaks me out just a tiny bit. Um, Oh, uh, the bone marrow that was inside the, the hollowed out bone thing. In the hollowed thing. out bone marrow area. Yeah, yeah the, the that, was, that was very intense. The, uh, beet the beet felch. donuts looked so delightful. Yeah. I, ha- I will. I mean, and they said Chris's donuts were quite fun. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> didn't taste like beets. Yeah. They didn't taste enough like beets. Yeah. But they, uh, they did uh, prove like a mother. Uh, yeah those were so fluffy they looked so fun but they also looked like too much food like i would have been so dismayed if i was like you know what i'm gonna do me have some donuts for dessert and then those arrive and you're like well i guess i'm eating another dinner for six this was the first time they had each taste nine dishes including three desserts this was the first time where i felt like actually being second also is a big disadvantage because you could have already fallen behind in service, which they, which Commonplace did. And also, the yeah. judges just ate way too much, and now you're going to give them nine courses. So they might be a little pickier yeah. uh, by yeah. the time they come to your place. That was the first time I felt like the judges like, wow, you guys need to chill on each how many bites you're taking, because there's a lot of food left in your day. Yeah. I Although, will say... Oh, go ahead. I, almost a related note. I'm sorry, but just as the judges were sitting down, we got to see Padma's little reader glasses, oh, which yeah. I enjoyed very much. I, yeah, we didn't see this, but I think this was on Padma's Instagram. All of the chefs purged between the two meals. So, oh, uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, they took a quick trip to the vomitorium, yeah. uh, which is not what that was yeah, ever for. Not what that meant. Don't I, I don't email me. Yeah, but what I will say about previous uh, restaurant wars that I did like that I kind of wish they'd brought back was having the two restaurants serve on different nights, because different, I almost think different nights or in different geographic places yeah Yeah. i mean i don't i don't care if they're in different places so much as like having one having one course of service happen one evening and the other happen a different evening feels like it gives everyone the most even footing yes in some way yeah which i really i I, I guess yeah just for my own and for what why am i picturing the judges hardship like they're eating a bunch of bomb food and like hanging out with each other like that doesn't seem that bad no it seems good but But like i i think more like you're talking more out of fairness um not mm -hmm. out of their fullness although both would be reasonable in this case um totally let's okay so let's now let's dive into the 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 problem let's talk service let's talk about let's talk about claudette and let's talk about the executive chef and let's talk about that whole thing so we've we've hinted around this um so Carrie and and Butterfunk both said no thanks to responsibility, um, although yeah. uh, which turned out to be a great decision with Bruce, who worked the pass perfectly, and turned out to be a real mistake with Claudette, who decided that as executive chef she was also going to not take responsibility for anything. And yeah, not- she was just going to let chefs cook their food and not worry if it wasn't seasoned or uh, tasted good. Yeah, her she said she wasn't tasting stuff. And that was the moment where I thought it was over for her. There, before that, I was like, oh, Butterfunk is definitely going to get punished for this decision. 
And then she was like, I'm not tasting food. Chefs can wipe their own asses. And I was like, I don't feel like Tom is going to like that approach. And also, like, maybe don't put tasting food and wiping asses in the same sentence. Because yeah. that just feels... There's a yeah. three-hour difference. And meanwhile, Bruce is like a stern 1950s father. Very hard to please, um, yeah, but exacting. but not mean. And, and not but it's mean. All, it's all because he loves you somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, he ran the pass perfectly. He's he had food go back to be perfect, and Claudette just let stuff out that was cold. I mean, like this. Yeah, I kind of and and Joe, babyface Joe, did a good job training the waiters. Like so, like yeah. food was coming out, and it was it was getting served. It was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we got front of house to talk about too, I guess. But first, the Connery. So, so uh, were either of you at this point? I know you had to binge this last week, so you haven't had a lot of time to like, like the roll. It was a roller coaster as opposed to like dwelling in your feelings. But how? Mm. Were either of you on Claudette's team still going into this episode? And then did no. it? I, I, w- I was trying to leave the door open for her to come on back to reasonable behavior because I just, I, you know, it's hard. It's stressful, really strongly disliking anyone on this show because just at this point, there aren't that many chefs and you're, you're spending a lot of time with everybody. So, yeah. like, I was like, if I can help it, I would like to not be like cursing her name all the time. Also, because of the stuff we talked about last week yes. with like, you know, she also seems like she's kind of a badass in the kitchen sometimes. Yep. Man, but the thing is, about is her. So interesting and so incredible. So interesting. And she has such cool instincts. And like, I do respect that about her. And I'm sure if I were to eat her food in her restaurant, I would be like, never mind. All is forgiven or something. I mean, but, if, it, if it had just been her last, <laughs> sorry, if it had just been her last chance kitchen dishes, and none of her interviews, I would be a huge fan of hers, I think. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And this is my problem, is her two-camera self is so nasty. Yes. And so just, she cannot get a word out about herself without starting by trashing someone else for something yes. she is not impressed about. And I don't, I mean, maybe it's super warranted, but I just have a hard time believing that they were like, today on Top Chef, we're going to get a bunch of losers and then this one shining star and then yeah. just put her through hell. Why it would, just doesn't feel realistic. And why, would, why would you, why would you trash talk on the two camera interviews? You know, these people will see this, you know, mm-hmm. other like potential customers and potential friends in the world are going to see this. Why would that be the thing you want to do is, oh, my main interview is going to be about how the other team's food looks crappy. Uh, it doesn't even just vanilla. everyone everyone she's just constantly like yeah. oh none of these people have good ideas this person isn't that interesting this is also sad they're also lame yeah. like how, this is your community like these are people who are more senior than you potentially better than you at cooking and people that are coming up and could look up to you if you were a reasonable person yeah. but instead you've decided to crap all over everyone and- like you can't live on an island as a chef. That's yeah. insane. So what I'm are you guessing, doing? Alex, from these responses, that you were not on Claudette's team going into this? <laughs> I, am, I mean, I'm I super so wasn't on board either, with her really. food, but I have been ha- I've been having a lot of trouble with her. Uh, the, yeah. just it just because everyone in the season seems so nice and and, uh, and likable, and they're friends, and they're always talking about how impressed they are with each other's food, and then to go from that to the cutscene of Claudette saying that somebody is terrible, and then also to have her like if you're and Chris, you know from and from previous seasons and from living with me that I always side with people who are hard to be around. Sure, um, I like I am the person who everyone would hate if I was on a show. I assume, and so I want to I want to throw my heart out to her for that. But you don't win by telling every like she said in the oh man the the thing was on the on Last Chance Kitchen uh, today was she said um, I'm never gonna bond with these people. You just have to burn the bitches down. And 
Yeah. That, that, what? Especially because we were talking last week about all the photos on Instagram of people visiting Fadi in the hospital. Like, mm-hmm. you can bond with these. These are the most bondable people I've ever seen on a TV show. And yeah, and I just, I just don't have any, any interest in that in the trash talk anymore. No. Yeah. No, it's, it's exhausting. It's funny. If it's like, look, he's better than me, but that bone stuff is weird. I'd be like, cool. That's yeah. Fine. But. It's not fun. It's just there's no there's no warmth. There's no yeah. like bending or like understanding. It's just all like it's just very cruel. And I don't and I don't see where the I don't see the I don't see where the venom is warranted, I no, guess. Not like I don't understand what they all did to her that she now feels like her exit was so just ridiculous. So bad. And then and then her when she came back in the last chance kitchen interview, she said it was it was nonsense. I ran a perfect effing service. Um which is I mean Mm-mm. is objectively Mm-mm. wrong. Like the, they mm-hmm. hated it. It was not it couldn't yeah. have been a perfect service. Not Food only got that sent back for being misprepared. Like there's no Yeah. Or that's... cold, which means it was on the pass forever. Yes. Yeah. Like no, come like, on. You no did not run a perfect service in yeah. no world did a, that happen. Yeah. Uh, that's tough. Yeah, yeah so, that's tough, and it's it's tough when there's prop like the team isn't coming together as a team for commonplace. I mean, Chris once again did his disappearing act and wasn't involved in any of the drama, but also wasn't helping much. Right, yeah. and so like you know, I, I feel bad for Fatih who was just out there left to dry in the front of house while food wasn't coming out. I mean, it seems um, like she also did not. Well, she was not the no. Best she didn't do the best, house, which I no. I never blame anybody for. It's just that. Uh, Southside Joe, or as Padma calls them, Clean Shaven Joe, was the best front of house they've ever had. So it made her look worse by comparison. But if he had been an average front of the house restaurant wars person, she would have seemed fine. Yeah, maybe. I think it's just it's also hard though because I I again this this is the same thing that happened with Claudette when she was on other team challenges. It sets a tone when you recede from the entire group. It makes everyone else in the group feel like totally. they are on their own. Yeah. And so then you end up like you know you end up on this like weird sort of lonely path <laughs> where you're just doing you and you can't rely on anybody to have your back or help you. And yeah. so even with Fatih, like going back into the kitchen and being like, I need this stuff. Why isn't this happening? Here's what's up now. And people are just like barely talking to each other. Yeah. Like it just, Oh man, it sets up such a bad scene. I definitely don't feel great about Butterfunk's decision because in the interviews he seemed to be doing it out of worry of getting eliminated. And it seems like yep. in this, this part yeah. of the show, everyone knows front of the house and executive chefs go home and it's usually executive chefs so it did seem like like butterfunk was putting his head down to avoid getting it chopped off so one demerit chris um chef chris but um uh that's just such a small thing compared to not tasting food in the past which seems like level one critical just entry level stuff i mean had claudette even cooked better food. I mean, Joe, mustache Joe, all of his dishes had serious problems with them. Yeah, and he was not an EC he, and he, he wasn't front like of house. I thought he home. was going home. Oh my gosh. Can we talk dishes. about the the like the editing on this was I mean, I, he he gave them some brilliant stuff to work with, but it was so intense how wrong he was. He was so yes. confident. And how yeah. much the like the cuts were just nailing that home again and again and again and again, where they were like, everything he made was horrible. And he's like, I just think we were neck and neck. Yeah. Everything was so close. Who yeah. knows? We might both just be winners. Like, you're just yeah. like oh, Joe, <laughs> that please was so stop. Rough. I, I loved that moment. Katie mentioned it on Twitter. 
to us. Uh, the editing of Joe Stash talking about how good everything is going, slam cut to the chefs criticizing him and or criticizing everything was really painful to watch. Which was, I disagree yeah. only on the painfulness. I thought that was hilarious. I love when it the was, like yeah. we know how this ends. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and so do so do we all. I mean, yeah, the, yeah. yeah. At that point, you're like, "Ooh, the writing's on the wall." Yeah. And meanwhile, Joe's like, "My chicken purse." <laughs> like, I yeah. And I do think that there. It's interesting that they didn't seem like they were even considering sending him home, considering he put out three bad dishes out of three. Uh, he just ran the table on bad, including uh, his uh, oysters with spring pea foam. Which leads to the obvious question is, why are foams back on this season? Yeah. In the history of the show and my real life, no one has ever said, but that foam, though. Like, no yeah. one has ever yeah. no, no one has ever said the foam sealed the deal. I would have liked it, but now I love it. I think yeah. there's a, you know, that quest for, for new. And sometimes, you know, you think like, well, what if I dug up this thing that everyone thought was dead? And then that's what's new. What, what if the like, there's that just that moment of desperation. Ago, also hated. What if we tried that again? Yeah. Like, what if I'm the one who can do foam? Like, yeah. what if it's me? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. been me this whole time. <laughs> what if I'm the chosen one? <laughs> yeah, that's what he, he, he thought he was the chosen one with foam. I, the, yeah. The chicken purse. Uh Man, it's a terrible name. No, but also, it, the, it, the dude just made two different dumplings, and both of them weren't cooked very well. And that seemed like the like just oh man, the right? His pasta wasn't cooked enough. That yeah. was that was like well, the, the pasta wasn't cooked enough, and then they described the filling of the pasta as coming out like this horrible puck. Yeah. and it was just uh, like oh yeah. no. Yeah, that's not good. I almost feel like it's worth sending him home for making three bad dishes if it weren't for them just hating. Uh, it seems like to me. So this is my read of the situation. Tell me if you agree with this. Is that it seemed like. Um, they didn't hate uh, Claudette's food the most, uh, that she was sent home for admitting, mostly for admitting she didn't taste the food. It seemed like they were ready to blame somebody else. And then when they got her explanation, that's when they decided to send her home. That was my feeling. Did you guys think that yeah, happened? Yeah, and I think yes and, you know, the service, like it, like the executive cheffery. It wasn't just the explanation, but like sitting at the restaurant, you know, you could tell that they were worried about the service. You right, could tell right. that they were worried about things that they just weren't worried on about for uh, Conifer. Yeah. And yes, her dishes had some errors. Like, for instance, the bone marrow melted into the bone. Yeah. There was no bone marrow there. Yeah. You know, the, the desserts like were like, great, okay. Like in every dish well, I've ever eaten uh, of every restaurant, uh, saying there's no bone marrow there is a compliment. <laughs> this time. well for you personally as a diner it would be important that there is no bone marrow there yeah. but i also I, I would point out that her um her ice cream was super grainy oh yeah, yeah which is another cream. thing she should yeah. have picked up on yeah and the yogurt thing wasn't that. that good either no yeah, both, of her dishes, no. both of her desserts seem kind of meh and then to have a grainy yeah. ice cream is just rough well, um, and again, like, uh, so you're not tasting uh, any of the food, including your own right, ice cream? Like, right. what's happening? Yeah. yeah. You're not even wiping your own ass at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Which, Sorry like, to bring you that know, up if again. You're going to go, <laughs> it's just a thing we're saying now, apparently. <laughs> uh, that's This is the thing that I'm saying because Megan is not here. Because if she were here, she'd be giving me such a, a scowl. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm scowling. Yeah. Okay, I just <laughs> Don't worry it. about it. I, I got that. Oblivious. I got I that covered. About it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, the other, this is my uh, my I, a point that I try to make on the show a lot, which is that I think Tom gets final say so over everything. And so, if you read Tom, you read the judges. And there was a moment where everyone was talking about how much they all loved, or he's, like everyone liked the bone marrow dish. And then Tom, like almost impetuously, was like, 
not all of us like the bone marrow dish. And that's what oh, I was yeah. like, oh, Tim, Tom's made up his mind, and he's, he's just refusing to let anyone talk him out of it. So he has decided she's going home. Because of all those judges, Tom the most hates you abdicating responsibility, I think. He does, which is interesting because he, more than anyone else on the judges panel, knows how good Claudette's food can be. True. Yeah, that's true. He's true? had way more of it than anybody else. Well, yeah. so how much do we think? I thought this was a nice episode for people who are frustrated by, like, we're only judging this moment. We're only judging these dishes. Like, I think them picking up on this pattern in Claudette's behavior helped to send her home, which is yeah. something that we don't usually see. And I, uh, I felt like it was warranted, like, because they were the ones, like, the judges panel were the ones that were like, hey, she's done this before. Like, she's never the one to step up and say, like, wow, I was really involved in this mistake. Instead, it's always somebody else who's done something wrong. Because yeah. this show, more than other shows, is, like, insistent that they only look at today... Um, my guess is Tom would not agree that he had done that, but I think that mm. subconsciously it happens all the time, and I think this is a perfect example of that, where I think they did th- like they they did know that so that as soon as for the third time at the uh, in eight episodes uh, or seven episodes, the third time almost half of the episodes have involved asking Claudette why something went wrong and her immediately pointing to the person next to her. Like they yeah. had to have taken that into consideration. This was a, a third strike of, of the same offense. So I yeah, I which is something they, like three of the five episodes that she's been on. Right, right. She wasn't right? on two of those episodes. Yeah. So she has a lot yeah. of time. Uh, I'm sure her back is hurting from uh, carrying that bus around with her everywhere, and uh, just to throw <laughs> people under it. But um, yeah, I I would guess Tom wouldn't say that, but I'm sure he it was in his brain somewhere that this sure. is just well, and- Claudette doing the same thing again. Yeah, and maybe, I mean, I might have it the wrong way around because in this case, really what's happening is like in the other cases where she's pointing at somebody else and saying like, well, they had the expertise or whatever. Like in this case, she was supposed to take control. And in all the other cases, it's sort of like even playing field. Like you made kind of a weird choice to let somebody be the driver, but you guys were in the same position. Whereas here, you are the EC. You are supposed to say don't do that yeah that's not gonna work this tastes bad send it's it back literally like, part of your job that to is say no. part of your job description so her like not doing her job means that even if you cooked three bad things she should have tasted those three things and said wow this is terrible don't serve this yeah you know yeah. and she just let all of it happen so just to, to wrap on this um on the winning side uh yeah. I was a little taken aback by, uh, even as, as delightful as Clean Shaven Joe was on the floor, uh, I was a little surprised to see him uh, take first place, Inclu- especially considering the fact that of his two dishes, one of them was that roasted duck breast, and their main thing that they talked about about it was how perfectly cooked it was, and Adrian cooked the duck for him. So, yeah, uh, but were you guys she, that she had won? that fish nightmare, so they wouldn't right. give it to her. No, that's yeah. true, but I just feel like. I mean, I think it feels like it should have been Uncle Bruce. That's how I felt. Because it, it, like, I if think service so. is perfect, executive chef wins. The well, edit definitely lent it to, to seem like Uncle Bruce was going to take it because all three of his dishes were great and his service was great. Or at least, uh, you know, he did the polenta and the meatball, which Tom apparently has had before and loves. And went crazy for, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. the, the pasta with the sausage, with which the lamb they sausage, they really liked. Yeah. And then the, the upside down cake was like, fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're like, I mean, it's a simple cake. It's a good cake. Yeah. Like, I thought that they, it's a yeah, they, dessert. <laughs> they felt good about it. But yeah. I guess to me, I was, 
I guess I'm the, maybe I'm the only one. I thought it was cool that Clean Shaven Joe took it. Because yeah, he took it for good front of house and he cooked a hot dish or he was responsible for a hot dish and a cold dish instead of just the cold That's true. appetizer. That's true. Yeah. And he, you know, and he set it up so that Adrian could fire it in a way that then like the whole thing That's came true. together really well. Because yeah. you could have a perfectly cooked duck in a dish that doesn't make any sense and That's you're so not going to go anywhere with it, you know? Yeah. Where you get all those times where Padma says, well, on, on the other hand... The, the duck was perfectly cooked and they all go, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah but there was also that pile of foam. Yeah. Stop trying to make foam happen. Stop trying to bring <laughs> foam back. I, I agree with you. I, I think it is cool. I think it's neat. I guess I just, I do feel that Bruce was a little bit slighted and, uh, and I feel like partly they were just, I feel like maybe clean shaven Joe has something in his eyes because he just wooed them and yeah. they couldn't get past it. But, and I do well, think, I, also that fish nightmare. What happened there? Anyway, I don't. Oh man, I can't even oh, those, those piping hot plates. Yeah, those but piping hot plates. Yeah, how but the, those also affected. How does that the, not? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think, those those piping hot plates in the piping hot kitchen or whatever also affected the bone marrow. That's why the bone marrow was bad uh, too. Yeah, uh, but also, I, I mean, I can see that really ruining a fish dish in particular because fish is so already delicate. so yeah. delicate, and yeah. like once it's once you've cooked it to where it's going to rest and cook the rest of the way, like the idea that you're going to add an extra degree of heating from the plate it's on is a nightmare. Oh yeah, like yeah. that's terrible. Yeah. Um, I think so. So generally, it sounds like you guys are happy about it. And yeah, I think you've, you've swayed me. I think I'm more happy for him now when you say it that way. I, yeah, Bruce seemed well, happy just being like behind the scenes dad. Yeah. Yeah. Did the food seem good to you this, this year? And I, I, I don't, no. the reason why I asked that is they did switch to this different format where it's nine dishes yeah. instead of six. The chefs had more prep time, but they also had a lot of time to set up dishes in terms of something that was. Uh, front loaded on prep, but not so much in the actual firing. True, you know, yeah, did yeah. the quality seem even the good ones to me did not sing the way that maybe some dishes a few a couple two three seasons ago seemed think, to in Restaurant Wars. I I that's I think it's an interesting point. I think it does seem like the team that won made much simpler food, and it was focused on easy execution at uh, when it's time to fire. So they focused on preppable food, and the other and the other team that tried to do fancy stuff that tried to go big fell apart so maybe that was because of the added challenge since they didn't rise to it it tripped them up i think it's possible the design yeah. didn't send them home the the shopping didn't send them home it was just the the extra food yeah well the Tanya. extra food but the execution of the extra food is really yes. where it yeah, went yeah, yeah. you know went to hell it wasn't yeah i mean the thing that i notice with this is that as a viewer those extra dishes made it so much harder for me to remember what was going on True, yeah. yep. and you the amount of screen time any given dish can get is so much less. And so yeah. you like the moments of inventiveness have to be fewer because you just don't have time to talk about all of them. Yeah. When it's and like so, one of three Joe Sasto j- dishes, you're yeah. like, what? Yeah. What? So, I mean, so all of those like special elements or like interesting combinations or unexpected moments, like you don't really have time to get into them because you're dealing with 18 dishes that you're being presented as yeah. a viewer. Yeah. And so for me, I just felt like some of it was just that it was all just like kind of a big schmear. Like I just was like, oh, that's yeah. a lot of food. No, that's <laughs> a great point because in Top Chef, I think this is true for you guys too, but it, at least for me, one of my favorite things is something goes wrong and a chef has to think quickly on their feet to save a dish or to reinvent it. Well, and we only get that narrative because the cameras are following, you're following the story of that dish. And with 18 dishes and the restaurant set up in the service, there's no time to follow any of the dishes totally. in terms of narratively. The only thing I would add to that, that, that I, li- I like everything you said with the ad- addendum that it works. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, Not that they have to try to save the dish, that they actually do save the dish. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, I agree. So so that that'll bring us to the wrap on the restaurant wars. Uh, we have mailbag coming up, but first let's jump into you. fourth chance kitchen. So uh, Claudette <laughs> is on her last legs, as uh, oh. Tom brutally says to her face. Uh, so her and Brother Lux traveling Salvation Show have to cook vegetables that also didn't come here to make friends. They're soft. Yeah, they're bruised. Yeah, they're very defensive. Overripe. We, you bought them optimistically and then watched them die slowly in your vegetable drawer knowing that you never actually intended to make ramen from scratch. And then you just ordered pizza after pizza after pizza <laughs> after pizza. <laughs> oh, man, that would have been really funny is if you're like, uh, 30 minutes? And then uh, uh, brother just calls for a pizza. Like, this is what I do when my dominoes. vegetables go bad. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, uh, both dishes turn out fantastic. And yeah. BLTSS only wins because he harvested more from the table. So he got bonus points. Also, bananas are gross. Yeah. Bananas. Yeah. I like Tom was like, this is good banana bread. The one trick that everyone knows about bad fruit. This is yeah. Bread it. Uh, what do you guys think of the challenge and the outcome? I liked the challenge. I like that. I mean, I just like that they every last chance kitchen every season gets more and more into the sassy factor and just like letting Tom be like kind of a little stinker. Like I just yeah. enjoy that. He just gets meaner and meaner. Was, <laughs> like, but also we know that too mean for me, but then she took it well. So it was okay. Yeah. Well, he knew she could take it. Like if she's going to dish it out the way she does, she better be able to handle like you're on your last legs. You've been here two other times. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. I, I think so. He would only do that if he had a rapport. I think. Yeah. Um, but also what was interesting about this challenge for me is for Tom, the uh, fighting food waste is such a huge totally. uh, thing that he's uh, thrown time and money and, and yeah, nonprofit he's such stuff. A, yeah. He's such a, a, so this is a really meaningful challenge to him. Totally. And you know, this is something where like, yeah, brother leveraging more ingredients really would mean a lot to him. Totally. And, yeah. And yeah. Strike that chord. So I, I just thought like, it was very interesting to watch him judge this one. Yeah, if you both cook great and then one person embraces the challenge more wholeheartedly, good for him. That's yeah. a good win. Yeah, I I was so into this challenge. I've I've been saying this. Uh, I think this is true. The last two seasons too. But Last Chance Kitchen seems to be where the creative challenge challenges come from the most. That's where the most innovation. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's the uh, if it's the same team and they just have more freedom here, or if it's like a different showrunner and so they have different choices to make, but. Last Chance Kitchen challenges have been so interesting. And yeah. yeah. This is well, they're so easy. I, I feel like there's probably some sort of almost like a writer's room where they come up with challenges and yeah, they're I brainstorming so. and they go, oh, that, well, that one's too mean. <laughs> well, give it to Last Chance Kitchen. Well, or, but, yeah. or that one doesn't scale well. It's interesting, but we can't scale it well. Oh, Last Chance Kitchen. Well, yeah, because when you're, yeah, that's actually a good point. Good point yeah. I, some shows that I've, I've like, I've known people who worked for shows where the web team is a hundred percent separate from the writing team of the of the TV version. So oh, I, could I, be. I yeah, I don't know if it's like that, but I like the idea better that it's like these are the the ones that are like they work better with two people and in smaller scale and faster and yeah. I, I thought it was so cool, and I even though it was not really pleasant to look at it, and it was actually fun to watch Tom be just a little grossed out by how old everything was. That's what sold it sold it to me that it really was yeah gross. where he like kind of goes through and like touches everything yeah, and like demonstrates how bendy the carrot is and like yeah carrot. oh man yeah that was great <laughs> and i this is i mean as i suggested in that intro this is a problem i've had before uh i i buy a lot of produce where it seems even when i buy it i feel like my i'm mostly just doing it to watch it die and then throw it away a week later uh <sighs> so i liked that a lot as a challenge and 
I like the outcome, although I will say Megan was not pleased because there's just more brother on her TV. Yeah. I have to say, I mean, I, I ended up having to come out swinging because I wanted, I wanted to not have Claudette talking trash on my TV anymore. So I was like, we just, brother has got to take this or I'm going to have, like, because yeah, also, yeah, yeah. like, Last Chance Kitchen, like, all of your two camera stuff is just you shouting about how you're going to totally do this thing. <laughs> and she already does that constantly. And I was like, this is just going to make it so much worse. I, so, yeah, I, only, I needed a break. I did like the idea of her coming back just because I think if she lost... Like, if she came back out of Last Chance Kitchen, they said they're coming back where there's five chefs remaining, so she'd still be able to be eliminated before the finale, which I believe would make her the most eliminated chef in Top Chef history, which would be kind of interesting. Yeah, in a single season. In a, yeah, because yeah, we're in not counting season. Marcel. Right, because Marcel is definitely doing it. Uh, yeah, Jen Carroll is in the running for that overall, but I, I do feel like the, no one's done it four times in a season. <laughs> so that's the record. Yeah. That's true. That's, that's the, true. That's the throne. Set your sights high. Um, I will say, like the other thing that came up for both of them was this idea of like, like food waste is a is a problem when you have money. Like yeah. you are not wasting. Yeah. You're not messing around with like you know bendy vegetables if you don't have to. Right. But if you have to, then you are not like made nervous by this sort of thing. That's and true. I think that's so chill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I think it also it highlights something about like this particular career path, which is like, yeah, everyone goes to culinary school. But like there's such a huge diversity of backgrounds in right. the chef community that you just don't necessarily get with all other communities. Like it's it, it's it's cool. And it's interesting to hear from people about like how they found their way to this path. Sure. And, and it seems like a lot of people on like like the majority of people on Top Chef, at least seem like they either they worked their way up from from hard times or they came from difficult backgrounds and made this work, which must be very mm-hmm. strange to have those chefs all working where your whole thing is selling food to crazy rich people. I mean, I mean, fine dining, but some people don't. I mean, like Chef Tanya has a place in like a warehouse district in Oakland. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's true. Not all of them, but like the it, it seems like there's a heavy favoritism towards fine dining on the show as well. So it's a lot of people who are selling forty dollar sure. dishes, uh, and then they're you're like, well, it's time to cook a, a stew with old vegetables. I'm like, oh yeah, I grew up poor. That's what we do all the time. It's, it's, yeah, it yeah, it's an interesting world. pivot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that brings us to. It's time for Megan's mailbag. Megan couldn't be here today. She sends her regards and uh, I'm in charge of the mailbag. Miss you, Megan. Miss you, Megan. Don't uh, miss that song. <laughs> I, was, I will never miss that I song. I was just going to ask, is the song of the Ding Ding songs, Chris, where does this fall on your level of irritation? Most recent? <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, <laughs> I would say it's less annoying than the other one, but still annoying enough that it's not like I miss the other one. Yeah. Like, I, there's no... I, it's still bad. It's very basically. Bad. So, um, Alicia on Twitter says uh, about Conifer, you could tell from the beginning that they had it together, organized and elegant, uh, but I miss Tonya. I would have loved to see her on this episode, especially in this restaurant, I assume. And then also, yeah. for Commonplace... Uh, the team lacked cohesion all around teamwork. Mustache Joe, not a top performer. And it, uh, he's probably fine never hearing chicken purse ever again. Yeah. I, oh, man. Even though that's I a dish he serves at his restaurant. He must. So. I, am, I would not yeah. like to hear it ever again. I would like to hear no food clothing combinations Mm-mm. or food accessory combinations. I don't know. Not into it. Mm, yeah. Dessert shirt. I'm back in. 
<laughs> all right. All right. I'll go with it if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Alicia. I'll wear that with my ice cream pants. Yeah. You see, I'm not into it. Um, uh, 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 Jane on Facebook uh, said, uh, Carrie has shown amazing cleverness with technique this season. The snow oven. Uh, the one-side fried piroshkis, and the beet raisin. She's like a non-bro, non-agro blaze. I know. To an extent, until she puts blue cheese on things. Yeah, that's yeah, her that kryptonite, was... but that's a pretty avoidable thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and I am I am really, I'm still feeling Carrie very, very much. Like, I, I completely yeah. agree. And, like, her, it's not even, I would not describe it as humility. I just feel like she's very... Like Seems clear nice. and straightforward and like chill. And like, yeah. I just really appreciate that, that she's like, yeah, I have cool ideas yeah. and like, they don't all work out, but like, I'm just going to keep trying. Yeah. Which is great. I'm super into it. I don't think she's the most like technical beast on the show, um, but she does cool, interesting things that nobody else is trying. And but that's... I also feel like technical beasts are like sometimes like frustrating sure. too. Like yeah. there's something sort of cold and unscalable about people like that sometimes. Yep. So I'm I'm into a heroine that is you know multifaceted and and bringing really interesting stuff without this sort of like animal like because <laughs> yeah. there's something about that that gets really tiresome. It also yeah. seems like her techniques all of like none of these techniques are something that would make your food feel uh, like cold or unapproachable or like it was even trying to be fancy. Like even beet raisins are just like on a salad and you'd be like, whoa, what a flavorful little bite. Uh, and the the snow oven was just to execute a perfect little cake. It, so it seems like she's just like she does make accessible, friendly food, and then is just ready for whatever and has great ideas. But she's not like I'm trying to push the envelope and in, in what is possible. Like she's not like Voltaggio. Yeah. She's not like trying to re- revolutionize cooking. She's just like trying to do what she likes in an in an interesting way. It's right. very genuine. I think yes. that's the word I like for her is like there's just a real genuine like love of food, love of innovation, like passion. And it just feels really like straightforward and great. Um, the uh, uh, Jane also said, well, oh, first of all, Jane had to edit her comment, which she added uh, to say I had to edit this because this is a technically flawless compliment or a t- flawless comment, which well done. Good reference to us. Um, uh, two other great points that Jane made one I can't believe the Top Chef was so dramatic at Judge's Table and that was after I'd watched RuPaul's Drag Race uh, whoa <laughs> uh, that's awesome and then she pointed out that this other podcast which we're not going to talk about um, Ooh. Uh, pack your whatever um, is uh, uh, which she said I, I listened to it because it's a long week between episodes of your show uh, which is nice um, but anyway she said they were talking about how it would be boring if everyone was just nice and got along and that anyone <gasps> who says that has obviously not seen Great British Bake Off I could, indeed we, I, I think we could not agree more this is a show yeah, that is not full, in it drama. full full agree yeah because the drama just turns out to be other things it's a kitchen there are a lot of people cooking there are uh, successes and failures and of all shapes and sizes yeah. yeah also if anybody has watched big family cooking showdown and wants to get at me for that conversation i have some thoughts <laughs> at the tanya best i i mean i've said this before but i'm watching uh i've been watching the season's hell's kitchen where i skip all the talking i just watch them cook and then I skip to the next episode and I watch them cook again. And I watch the punishments. I don't watch the fights. I have no idea if they're getting along. Wow. I just want to see the cooking. <laughs> that's, 
Very wow. hardcore. Wow, you're that hard up for watching people cook that you had I, to go no. here. Well, what I love about uh, what I love about Hell's Kitchen is that they cook on the line, which other cooking shows are all oh. solo and exec chef work. And seeing people work as a brigade is something you only get on that show. And that's my favorite part that's, of the show. No, that's a good reason. Uh, good great reason. family cooking show. Check it out if you haven't already. Yeah, watched if you haven't watched Big Family Cooking Showdown, get in there. But also, there's there's there are issues. I love it. There are issues. Come find yeah. me. Okay. It's it's uh, three people who are all in the same family, at least nominally, um, that are in a group, and they sort of are in a tournament bracket of cooking multi-course meals and they all work together but they're all home cooks so things don't always go great um skeptical of the home cooks uh mm. it's pretty fun yeah okay. it's real fun yeah okay. i mean same production group as a uh, great show. british baking show oh, yeah. just saying okay. okay same tinkly music yeah familiar faces there's it's, a cooking barn it's, it's awesome. gentle as can be you guys right, it's gentle been, as can be you, you hadn't sold me until barn but now i'm ready for it <laughs> <laughs> um, also, just one other tiny thing in the mailbag, which was that uh, Jay number one pointed out in response to another comment that had referred to uh, Chef Fatima as Chef Fati, but spelled it F-A-T-T-Y. And uh, Jay pointed no. out, we should probably go with either H-T-I or just T-T-I or some other version, but not F-A-T-T-Y, which I agree. Because at first I was like, whoa, super meat. Oh, you mean Fati. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and she spells it, her handle is F-A-T-I. So can't yeah. we oh, just go yeah, with that? Let's do F-A-T-I. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love totally. it. Um, um, yeah. So guys, uh, everybody listening, write us. What do you, what do you think about Restaurant Wars? We want to yeah. hear you because obviously too much to talk about in this show, um, but we'd love to hear from you and we'll, uh, oh. we'll follow up. Oh man, I accidentally broke the mailbag into two segments. A couple of other quick quick comments uh, from the mailbag. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Bridget, I just wrote them weird my, my document. Megan is so much better at this than me. Um, uh, Bridget says, I, I was so happy that, uh, uh, that, uh, Tanya and Chris were back to talk about Jen's hair. Aw, thanks. Oh yeah. We, it had to be said, we still love you, Jen. We just want to know what's going on and possibly like introduce you to a deep conditioner. If you guys have yeah. appearance related opinions you want to get out right now, I just feel so, I'm just, I, I try not to ever talk about women's appearances from TV in person. I don't know. It just seems weird. So any other thoughts you guys have? I can tell you about Joe's mustache, which is, I don't like it. But the other things, um, <laughs> any other thoughts? It really doesn't bother me. Is that like, it, what does that say about me? <laughs> we live in Brooklyn. Yeah. No, I don't see people with this kind of, it's not a sea of waxed mustaches and penny farthings out here. I'm just saying like, it's just become part of the scenery and I'm not upset about it because yeah. it's not like we have to, like I said last week, it's not like we have to watch him shape it every morning. Like right. it's just on his face every damn day. It's fine. Uh, it's just fine. Joan wrote in to say, hi Meg, which sorry, first of all, uh, Megan can't come to the phone right now. Um, this is Alex long time anyway uh joan wanted to say that uh he'd been meaning to write in but he's the first time he's been able to get a comment in before the podcast came out and he also wanted to add great to have chris and tanya back and he's also loving sarah and kyle so what a fun what a fun time um and also happy to see claudette gone for good uh she was too much of an evil character too much too fast uh and while she was good on her own food it's a team show you got to adapt and yes agree more yeah yeah very well put adrian uh says uh oh this is yeah i think this is a good place to end on adrian says is there some serious obvious is it just me or is there some serious obvious sexism going on this episode slash season male chefs Hmm. are talented and creative whereas women are good soldiers or good luck charms oh wow i mean 
excellent eye. Yeah, I, yeah. I hadn't necessarily picked up on, but that's like the way that the chefs are talking amongst themselves, huh? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I guess, yeah. The New York Post had this article, which we mentioned a few weeks back, about how broy Top Chef was starting to feel. And we mm. had not, I mean, I feel like we're pretty, I feel like we're like our, our antennae are up for that. And uh, none of us had, had really felt that way yet. And you guys binged it. So maybe you got the solidified version of that, but. Have you noticed yeah. that more or less than previous seasons or maybe just uh, this episode? I mean, uh, the w- the reason I think that it probably felt like it surfaced the most in this episode is because you did have Carrie and Adrian kind of like referring to themselves that way over and over again. Right. Um, as, as far as being on the line and not being the EC or front of house. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where that's, at least to me, I remember like there's sort of that like, eh, we're just hanging out and we're just, you know, making it all happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I don't know. Adrian's background, she's not, uh, my understanding is that she's worked at some very technically demanding, you know, fine dining restaurants and definitely is very capable, but I'm not sure how much EC experience she has or how much like. Well, and she, the way she cooked that duck really seemed like she was a great soldier and her, yeah. the fish thing like wasn't entirely her fault. It was the plate and whatever that caused that. So she might've been right yep. about being a good soldier. The good luck yeah. charm well, I find a lot more upsetting. I don't remember. Who oh yeah. yeah, and I don't remember who said that about whom. Yeah. Do you? No, no, no. Yeah. You guys I recall? I don't recall that. Yeah. I yeah. I remember the phrase "good luck charm." It sounds familiar, but I don't remember who that I is. I mean, it does. I think that dudes are used. Like to me, the thing that immediately comes to mind is like the guys that come on this show are used to the space that they always have owned it. They're always like, yeah, yeah, like, I mean, even the, even the issue with like the bears as like this group that gets pretty annoying, but like is very I persistent. Like, them yet. I, I don't I hate them either, but I think, I think if you had to deal with them in a social context, it would get old. But I think that yeah. speaks to like, this has been a male dominated field for such a long time. Like there are all these subtleties to these dudes having all this confidence, having all this swagger and like bluster. And that p- thing that Tanya pointed out in the, in the stew room um, before she went home, that was basically like, you guys, if you lose, it's all about you. If you win, it's all about you. Give everyone else some space. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think that actually to me is the the thing that really stands out is this idea that like, yeah, we have to like kiss your boo-boos if things go bad for you and like talk about what you did wrong and how you're going to cook your food from now on. And like, Ooh, I've got it now. I figured it out. Tom spoke to me like, and then if you win, then we all have to just celebrate you for 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's mustache Joe. He's, he's I feel like so... he's the closest to that. He's the one who's annoyed me the most. And he's the one who said a couple of weird things about Padma's body that were not the worst things, but was still like, come on, man. Listen, I on. say things about Padma's body every week. And that, like that and... woman is insane. <laughs> it's so nice to look at her for just all the time that the camera will allow us to. So, I mean, I, I, I feel like if you're seeing her in person, which I only have once, but like, good Lord. <laughs> it's hard not to say something (laughs) i think it is fine for you to say it and i would not and i would prefer that mustache joe did not but if if Mm. if fadi said it i would love it see i uh, i'm torn about that position actually i don't know like i think it's i think people saying that other people are really beautiful is not a thing that i'm immediately offended by Mm. I don't, I'm, and listen, maybe I'm super wrong and I, my head should be on a stick. I don't know. Well, I'm just saying, like, you if you're have, I, it, you there's, in the industry that an industry that is based on beauty in a way that I have not, and so you're more used to that language, in and presumably in a way of like knowing how people like 
models react to different ways to talk about them and i don't mm -hmm. i haven't spent that time so i don't have that experience so i i just feel like it would be better for me to avoid it there's a lot to talk about on the show so i have no thoughts on any <laughs> how any females look mm, fair fair enough um i think generally speaking yes there's still a lot of gender stuff going on on the show probably all of it is far 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 from a plus or maybe even c minus like there's there's work to be done and awareness to be raised and i think it's really good to like everyone kind of keep their radars going for for those things do you well actually let's wrap uh, on the mailbag that's the mailbag you can submit to megan's mailbag uh, the easiest way is to go to packyourmics.com and fill out that nice little handy form right there and it all goes everywhere else you post it we'll see it and we'll collect it but the easiest way packyourmics.com megan will be back again next week sharing all of her opinions uh and reading your letters oh wait Yes. Sorry, I just realized you said earlier that you had all of Megan's opinions from this episode that you were going to share on her behalf. Yeah, and and Kyle and Sarah. Uh, I do not have Kyle and Sarah's opinions. Um, oh. I don't think I said that. I do. I just talked to Megan to so make sure her uh, views were represented. Mostly, just she hates brother. That's the most important thing she wanted to get across. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> that she just wants brother to be not on the show anymore. She roots against him in every case. She a hundred percent wanted Claudette to win Last Chance Kitchen just to not see brother anymore. She was furious when he came back as a sous chef. She's just team not brother. So that's the main thing she wanted to get across. I think the I other, right, other opinions I tried to that. weave in <laughs> as they came up. Um, <laughs> final thoughts on the way out. Uh, do you guys, it's, I mean, it, we're, we're about halfway, past halfway. Uh, it's, what are your top three or top four finalists and pick a winner? I was asking Tanya this during the episode. Yeah. We're having a really hard time. The field seems really broad. And that's a pretty not... broad field. I agree. But someone's got to stay on um, free. Or like, that's why I said three or four, so you don't have to. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Chef Fati is actually mm -hmm. really great, and she's consistently very good. Uh, Butterfunk has been consistently mm -hmm. really, really good. I'm a little worried about Butterfunk, though. I, his his absenteeism really worries me. Yeah, the absenteeism is bad. Uh, Uncle Bruce has been great. Uh, Clean Shaven Kevin's been great. Ke Carrie's been great. Um, yeah, I feel like Butterfunk uh, also seems more tired. He feels like he seems Ooh, more yeah. worn down by the show so far than some other chefs. Sure. Well, I worry about Bruce for that reason too, because I think Bruce's food is very, very solid, and he yeah. has kind of the he has the right components to go far. But at the same time, like I saw that baby. Good lord, I want to go home to that baby. Oh, yeah, like that baby. is the cutest baby. I, Ugh, I, I can only imagine. Bruce is the most likely to hear from a judge. Well, you made pasta again. Yeah. yeah and yeah i don't well, think that Joe should be held that. against him but like he makes pasta every day that in his real life so he should do it here but i could see them complaining about it mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. um yeah maybe who i like is uh i'm gonna go who who, who my heart likes and say chris yes. carrie and fati i really That's my I'm, heart's I think... finale oh <laughs> yeah i could see that being a, a delightful and gentle i i might i would say that bruce maybe edges out chris for me as far as like who i who i like to watch yeah um because chris yeah. stresses me out like i there's something about him that i agree really, that like doesn't it's sit with just, if it's just to watch them and hang out with them i think bruce might be a little little ahead i think uh butterfunk's food is more interesting and his his highs have been like 
surprising and incredible yeah. instead of like yeah. I've eaten that meatball at your restaurant and I like it here it is again and I like it again and yeah it's better than all the other crap we ate yeah 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 that's totally fair and you know hopefully I mean the the team challenges will be on the wane like as right? the group yeah. dwindles it's just going to be more and more individuals so that might not be an issue anymore yeah I agree. Well, hopefully, send us your let's say send us your hearts top three and your betting minds top three and see if they're any different. That's what I'd love. Um, packyourmics dot com. Uh, you can also while you're at packyourmics dot com, you can subscribe to the show. You can go to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also donate to the show. You can uh, do all minor of things. You see our old episodes, our old seasons are there back five or so seasons. No, the Top Chef podcast has that. I should Ooh. stop talking about them. Um, yep. <laughs> I feel so unfettered by any other podcasts about Top Chef existing. I I'm feel not even fine. mad about it. Yeah. I, uh, the only thing that makes me angry is just that their, their name is too similar to ours. Um, and so I was like, it's just like of all the Top Chef things you could pick to make your show about or to name your show after, there's just a million of them. You picked ours. Um, uh, and also they're very sportsy. And so uh, Megan doesn't like how sportsy they are. But that's fair. They're like NBA writers who, who, anyway, I have no problem with it. Listen to every show. <laughs> I, I'm not actually mad. It's just that I started this game of mentioning it and then I realized it made me seem petty and also it made other people be aware that there might be a better Top Chef podcast out there. So if you didn't know, I don't want to be the one who told you. So um, this is the last time I'm ever going to mention that show. Taking it out of the script today. Anyway, um, <laughs> so packyourmics.com for all of that fun stuff. Um, thanks for being here, Tanya. Chris, pack your mics and go. Oh, what? There were only... Oh. Don't worry, man. There's infinite lives in Last Chance Kitchen. So, you Yes. Yeah, you're going to be back like six to eight times. Ruin your yeah. hair and your skin and we'll see you again in a couple months. <laughs> oh, no. Ruin is too strong. I know. I know. <laughs> I, it was not based on anything. Anyway, you uh, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you guys for talking to us. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.